Joseph Campbell Foundation. There's a figure in American Indian myths that represents this power of the dynamic of the total psyche to overthrow programs. This is the, the negative aspect, and it's called a trickster. Uh, it's a very, very important figure in American Indian mythologies. In, uh, in the east, in the forest lands of the northeast and uh, southeast, it's uh, the great hare, a rabbit. Uh, when you go west of the Mississippi in the Plains lands, it's coyote. You get up in the northwest coast, <coughs> and it's raven. These are smart, clever birds and animals. Now, it's a great puzzler to well-trained Christians to come across the trickster hero, because he's both a kind of devil and fool and the creator of the world. And... Uh, so he comes in as an upsetting factor. He breaks through. He, he even breaks through the notion of what a deity ought to be. And uh, this, I think, is about as good an example as you can find anywhere of the trickster hero. Now, that trickster trait turns up in uh, deities like Yahweh. Yahweh's a trickster. He lets people build a building, and then because it gets to be two, two, three stories high, he's afraid it's going to wreck heaven, and he comes down and, and, and floods the world. That's a trickster stunt. That's a ridiculous act. And uh, we think it quite normal for, for a deity to behave that way. If a human being behaved that way, we'd send him to a lunatic asylum. And here you have the deity coming through as the, as the trickster, as the destroyer, as the disruptor of programs. Yahweh's full of this kind of thing. That was Joseph Campbell talking about uh, the trickster character or archetype. And that's what we're going to talk about today. This is um, quoted out of a book called Trickster Makes This World by Lewis Hyde. In short, trickster is a boundary crosser. Every group has its edge, its sense of in and out. And Trickster is always there, at the gates of the city and at the gates of life, making sure there is commerce. He also attends the internal boundaries by which groups articulate their social life. We constantly distinguish right and wrong, sacred and profane, clean and dirty, male and female, young and old, living and dead. And in every case, Trickster will cross the line and confuse the distinction. Trickster is the creative idiot, therefore the wise fool, the gray-haired baby. I love that picture of a gray-haired baby. The cross-dresser, the speaker of sacred profanities. Or someone's sense of honorable behavior has left him unable to act, Trickster will appear to suggest an amoral action, something right or wrong that will get life going again. Trickster is the mythic embodiment of ambiguity and ambivalence, doubleness and duplicity, 
contradiction, and paradox. I'm going to read that last line one more time because I think it's uh, it's really interesting. I like it uh, probably the most out of all that. It says, Trickster is the mythic embodiment of ambiguity and ambivalence, doubleness and duplicity, contradiction and paradox. Uh, and like Campbell mentioned in that uh, quote right there, um, yeah, he is uh, creator and destroyer, um, which I think Shiva was, the god Shiva was a creator and destroyer, uh, which is an interesting um, and fascinating uh, idea of a character, someone that they cross the boundaries, but at the same time they set up the scenario where there's a boundary at the same time. Um, and that's what brings in that ambiguity. And that's what makes the character so interesting in the end. Uh, because, as it can be explained, is like you have a, a trickster character who, say they do something good, um, take the Maui, the considered a trickster god of the uh, Polynesians, of the Hawaiian and um, area, Polynesian area. Um, he, in mythological um, terms, like created the islands out there. How so? He was fishing and was just, um, you know, had superhuman strength and was fishing. I think he was using his grandmother's jawbone as a hook to out fishing. And, uh, yeah, he thought he caught something really big and ended up pulling up the land masses out there and creating the islands. And it was totally by accident. So that's the ambivalence part of it, too. Um, and, uh, amoral, sort of. It's not, um, what is it? It's not immoral. Remember, there's a difference between amoral and immoral. Immoral is someone that's literally against morals. And amoral just means, yeah, you know, it's an ambivalence. It's um it's like antisocial versus asocial. Asocial is more of the not really too worried about it, you know. And antisocial is like I hate being social. Yeah, it's the same way with um amoral and immoral um um anyhow so that benefited humans greatly but really it was just this deity out fishing and he wasn't really thinking about humans at the time just yanked up the islands and that's a uh, characteristic of um, these trickster characters, too, is that they can do, um, accomplish goals that uh, bring a change into this world that benefits humans. And it really wasn't like they were, you know, they didn't set out to help the human in this particular scenario or a particular scenario. They were just out fishing and yanked up some islands and at some point um, 
humans benefited from that. And uh, examples of the trickster, how, um, and to refer back to what Campbell said, again, uh, where he mentioned um, if a human was to do something that uh, one of these trickster deities had done, we would be considered crazy. Wait till somebody builds a building, and then you're just like, I don't really like that, so you flood the world. Um, Or something more mundane, I mean, it's... I used an example in this thing that I wrote um, where you um, hold a door for someone and they walk through it and they don't say thank you and, you know, you're subtly sort of pissed off or annoyed and uh, they turn around and say, instead of saying thank you, they kind of take a jab at you and tell you that your pants are unzipped and you're like what and you look down and you let go of the door and it smacks you in the face and they walk off laughing that's something like a trickster would do it's like funny if um take for instance you could definitely see bugs bunny doing that or charlie chaplin doing that but in real life that's a total asshole move you know but it's funny when it's Bugs Bunny or Charlie Chaplin doing it. You know, it's just like, ha ha, you got pelted in the face with the uh, with the door. You know, it broke your nose. If it flattens a nose in a cartoon, simulating like a broken nose, and you're like, ha But in real life, you know, you're you get medical bills, your face messed up. It's not really funny. I'm gonna take another quote out of this um, Trickster Makes This World by Lewis Hyde again. And he's actually uh, quoting an anthropologist, Paul Radden, who is speaking on the Native American Trickster right here. It says, Trickster is at one and the same time creator and destroyer, giver and negator, he who dupes others and who is also duped himself. He knows neither good nor evil, yet he is responsible for both. He possesses no values, moral or social, yet through his actions, all values come into being. And this is quoting Hyde right here. It says, It might be argued that the passing of such a seemingly confused figure marks an advance in the spiritual consciousness of the race, a finer tuning of moral judgment. But the opposite could be argued as well that the erasure of trickster figures or the unthinking confusion of them with the devil only serves to push the ambiguities of life into the background. It says he possesses no values, moral or social, yet through his actions all values come into being. So seeing someone do something, uh, take the example of, you know, just messing around and you do a good, you think you're doing something that helps someone such as opening a door and holding it for them. And then they play some trick on you where the door smashes you in the face. Um, it's like by seeing that it almost like instinctually makes us realize that that's not cool. And that, 
there was a better way to go about it. So the trickster, therefore, just by playing around, sets an example of what not to do. So it sets an example of, which is what a lot of these stories that were passed down, mythological stories that were passed down, uh, that's what makes the trickster so important, I would argue, that they teach us how to be and how not to be in the world through these stories and and their character archetype. And what's an archetype? I would say the easiest, most direct example, not to get um, in the weeds, but it is important, um, an archetype, uh, a simple way. It's like, think of a villain. What's What's a villain? I mean, even in the 2,000 years ago, a villain would be someone who's murdering a bunch of people. Even though things were different when it came to tribes, um, because socially things were just different. But, uh, you know, even if you had a gun 2,000 years ago and you were mowing people down, people would be like, "Ah, you know, this is the tribe, you know, what are you you doing? Um, Or the wizard or the shaman, you know, somebody that's doing something extraordinary. Um, the mother archetype, uh, which, you know, varies in a number of ways, but it's giving and caring and nurturing. Uh, and it's something that's been, it's argued that it's biological even. And so it gets caught in our stories or put into our stories. Um, usually it's a behavior that has just worked its way into our minds over time and it's put in a story but back to what i was saying um, it might be argued that the passing of such a seemingly confused figure marks an advance in the spiritual consciousness of the race a finer tuning of moral judgment so you know pretty much reiterating what i just said that it's showing you an example of how not to be and it puts it in a story form which makes it more powerful and it makes an example for the society that is reading this story listening to this story hearing this story that now you don't want to do that it's funny it's a deity that's doing this and it gives an example of uh learning of how not to be such as helping us reflect on our own bad um, judgments and our mistakes and teaching us how of course we can be bad to one another but that's not going to help us out in the long run as a social unit and then when he said the erasure of trickster figures meaning that you know we've uh we think we're not polytheistic you know cultures um so these ambiguities in life these um actually the fun in being a trickster you know of just the the harmless trickster things you know just playing a joke on a friend or uh, you know, flirting in a way that 
is just fun, you know. It's not it's harmless, you know. You know when someone is playing with you, like openly letting someone know that you're playing with them. That's a trickster aspect too, but you you know, you don't have to take it so far that you're hurting a person. And uh what does he say? And confusing it with the devil. Um there's a research out there. I've read a little bit of it. I don't have any with me, but these trickster characters um, from around the world, um, when people were out exploring and came across these cultures and their stories, and they would equate the trickster doing these certain things as being devilish, uh, which, you, as Campbell said, you can argue that Yahweh did plenty of things that were super spiteful and uh, specifically in the Old Testament when, um, you know, flooding the world and uh, the same with the Greek gods of how jealous they were and, you know, uh, Zeus um, shape-shifting into a swan to, you know, bang your girlfriend or something, you know. Not cool. But if the trickster aspect isn't talked about or isn't um, the ambiguity and the ambivalence and just the gray areas of the world and of our personalities um, isn't talked about and isn't worked out that gets pushed to the corners and, you know, those things fester and they, you know, Jung would call it the shadow you know, of those things that we bury deep down. And if you don't ever deal with those things, they they bubble up in other ways. And I, I assume that there's plenty of that going on in the cultures around the world. But, I mean, here in America, I mean, hell, we're just like blowing one another away. All these mass shootings constantly going on, constantly going on. And, and yeah, I think a gun problem is part of the conversation but it's just much deeper than in you know i mean than any gun problem it's just we're just what makes us want to use a gun to murder people constantly in droves it's just another conversation we can't really have but that's a gray area it's not just just guns it isn't uh do we have too many yes i mean we have more than we have more guns than we do people in America, but why do we want to murder one another so often? It's just something's not right about the culture. Let's talk about it. Not right now. <laughs> it was a... How about a story? This is a story about Anansi, African spider trickster. A trickster hero in spider form went to the sky god of the Asante people, Naomi, asking him how much it would cost for all his wisdom. Naomi, shocked by his arrogance, sets him a seemingly impossible task, telling him that in order to behold the powerful knowledge that he possesses, 
he must bring back four items. A python, a leopard, a swarm of hornets, and a fairy. Anansi accepts this challenge and begins by finding the hole that the python lives within. Standing outside the python's hole, Anansi wonders if the snake is longer than the palm branch above his head. The python heard Anansi ask himself this and decides to help, coming out of his hole and stretching out alongside the branch. Stretching out, however, caused the python's body to twitch, hindering the measurement. So Anansi offers to tie the snake to the branch at both ends to get the most accurate results. The python agreed, and after tying him to the branch, he was under Anansi's capture. Like the others, Anansi uses tricks to accomplish all four tasks. After receiving the wisdom, Anansi collects it and contains it in his hollowed-out gourd. He attempts to hide the gourd in a tall tree, but drops it, and it shatters on the ground. A sudden storm comes in and washes all the knowledge into the river, and later the wisdom reaches the sea. Stories differ in uh, that this was an accident that aided the world, which I mentioned earlier. It doesn't have to be on purpose, and it just still may help humanity. Or Anansi chose to share this knowledge on purpose with the world instead of keeping it all for himself. So tricksters also intentionally help the world, too. Quote, According to the Asante people, who are part of the larger Aiken culture in Western Africa, Anansi can be a trickster, that is, a personality who teaches moral, ethical, political, or social values based on his ability to lead a person to, to, to truth through example, puzzles, and in the least expected turns and twists of fate. 